Welcome to This Game Red Podcast, the only podcast that still responds to light guns. I'm Chris, and over there is... Me, Ashley. Hello. Go on and say it. We don't respond to light guns. I'm not saying anything. I could see you disgust. It sounded like you were saying something about bad people. Respond to like light guns? we don't respond to... Yeah, just your intonation. Right. Well, I was going to ask how you are, but I know how you are. You're a, a tired little man. Yeah, there's something, there's something off. Sorry, everybody. This is not going to be... Well, we're recording on a very hot evening. It's yeah. Hot and sticky. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah. I've had to have a nap this evening. Uh, this morning. This afternoon. God, yeah, exactly. I'm there alive. you go. It's going to be torturous for me. Lost on track of sense of time. All right, well, shall we get into it then so you can get to bed nice and early? Yeah. With some cocoa. Yes, please. Yeah, try cocoa. Yeah, is this game going to send me to sleep? Uh, Possibly. The music might do, but the gameplay, maybe not so much. It's very relaxing, though. Okay. I, I was going to use the word zen, but I used the word zen last week incorrectly, so I'm not yeah, going to use that again. I'm coming to the conclusion you don't know what the word zen means. Nah, I don't really. You just use it when you're a bit stuck. This week, it is this game where you control a monochrome princess. You have to manipulate the world around her, and it's inspired by Optical Illusions and M.C. Escher. Mm-hmm. And the game is? So, I know what it is, but maybe we could play a game. What else could it be? Oh, okay. Exciting. Because it kind of sounds... I know it's not, but it kind of sounds like it could maybe be like Gree, but the Escher thing doesn't fit. Greeb. Gree. Gris. Oh, yeah. G-R-I-S. Gris. Uh, en yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can see that. It could probably be a bunch of other indie puzzle games as well. Puzzly, platformy type things. So th- I- I'm getting the sense now of how tired you are because you said, let's play a game, and then just straight away your voice is like, oh, I just can't be doing with this. I can't, I can't, even, be, yeah. I can't even bother to play the game that I've just... The promise well, I know the game. Myself. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not looking forward to it, I'll be honest. It, the game's Monument Valley. It is. Um, I know you're a massive fan of it, aren't you? You not? Uh, no. And every time you talk about it, I'm I keep that quiet. I just don't tell you. Wow, no, I didn't know that. You don't like this game? No, you recommended it to me, and I played it on your recommendation, and then deleted it. <gasps> they didn't uh, tell me because yeah, I got it for free through the Amazon Prime, probably. On their Amazon Fire tablet, when we had a a little Amazon Fire tablet, and I didn't pay any money on it, I didn't pay any money for it, so I wasn't too aggrieved. But now you're making me play it, and on perhaps the worst day that I could ever be asked to play a game like this, so I am starting to feel a little bit aggrieved, both towards you and the game. Well, I'm I'm starting to feel that way. Good. It's an abstract puzzle platformer. It is type thing. And you have to walk around like these weird archaeological oddities and find the right path yep. and sometimes solve puzzles to put the path together so that you can navigate it. Lovely. And the 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 clever thing about it is the Escher-like structures whereby things that geometrically or archae- architecturally... Did I say architectural before? Or did I say archaeological? Because I meant architectural. But arch- they, they either geometrically or architecturally shouldn't exist. They, they should be impossible, like MCS drawings. The the example, the perfect, the best example would be the infinite staircase. Yeah. 
drawing, uh, which is probably the sole inspiration for the game. Um, you've got to figure out how to how to make those things and make them work so that you can get to the end of the path. And I think stylistically it sounds interesting, but actually in practice it isn't as interesting as it could be. It's just walking along a path. Wow, there's a there's a lot there. I sense the disdain in your voice as well. It could be it could just be the malaise of the day. Yeah. So okay. don't read too much into it. I'm trying. I'm really trying my best. I'm sorry that I don't like the game. It's I all right. will go into it with a with an open mind. Good. Yeah, it's I mean you've given a really good description there. It's a, it's a puzzle game that's played from an isometric view. You have to manipulate the environment via different colored cues. For example, you might have to turn a switch or pull a block in order to get your character who's called Princess Ida through the the maze that you sort of find yourself in. So she might be on top of a platform and then suddenly you, you pull a switch or press a switch and then she's then on the, the ceiling of a platform that's kind of above her. And you have to make your character, Princess Ida, navigate through these different paths that you open up through different mazes of optical illusions. Uh, there are 10 levels with stages in each that each introduce a new mechanic. So one of them is all about pressing switches to uh, switch uh, the platforms around kind of 90 degrees so that she's on the floor and then she's on the side and then she's on the bottom of it then there's another set that introduces a movable platform etc within the game this whole concept is referred to as sacred geometry because the plot of the game is quite vague and they're sacred because princess ida has to be forgiven for something and i think the game kind of alludes as to what has happened but it doesn't explain it explicitly so it's one of these games we have to kind of fill in the blanks quite a lot i remember there's this series of characters that are, are black that are, are people with a crow's head that are called the crow people and i found them really sinister when i played through the game okay yeah you've talked about uh, mc escher uh, the other touch point for this are impossible objects which are a similar kind of thing to MC Escher, but physical objects that can be made. The example is the Penrose stairs, which is that picture where it's a top top of a stair, top of a tower turret, mm. where the stairs go up and up and up and up, and then suddenly they join back on itself and it, and it can't work. Now I thought I always thought that was MC Escher painting, but actually I thought that was Escher. No, it wasn't. It was that he had he had drawn an interpretation of it or a version of it that then became more famous. But initially, that that piece of art is called the Penrose stairs. He created okay. another piece of artwork that was then, uh, which I kind of know as being in Labyrinth, which is the whole thing with the stairs where yeah. it's on the ceiling and then they're on the wall, uh, etc. as well. Yeah, but he also has one that's a tower. Yeah, he does, which is... So I think the Penrose stairs are just stairs, and then MCS did a painting that used the Penrose stairs but also introduced characters into it as well. Right, okay. But these these whole okay. things, these are all touch points for, for the game makers. It also yeah. it reminded me of the first time I saw MC Escher. My grandparents came back from America in, I think, 1998, and they gave me this book called Amazing Mazes, which I've actually found on Amazon this afternoon, finding my notes. And it's a, a series of mazes, as the, the name would imply, that revolved around these two or three children and a parrot called Connie. And they had to find their way through each maze. And I remember just being absolutely absorbed by this book. And M.C. Escher cropped up a few times in the book. And I was mm. really impressed by this this artwork. It, it was that book that taught me the whole concept of mazes. That if you put your hand on the left-hand wall and walk around, you will eventually find your way to the middle of the maze. And I remember doing that for the mazes in the book. And, and like having my mind blown every single time that oh, it works. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. That was written down it's memory not, lane. It's not a... 
Good, I'm glad. It's not the quickest way, but it is the most foolproof way mm-hmm. to get through a, a maze, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, uh, the reason we're doing this game today is because uh, the game initially released in 2014 on iOS and Android and then came to Windows phones in 2015. And this week it has Mm. released on Steam as the Panoramic Edition, which is why we're doing it today. Now, obviously, this this episode, if you're listening, the date's come out. It is July the 14th. The Panoramic Edition is released on July the 12th, but we're recording on July 10th, so... I'm going to maybe slip up, slip up and say it's going to come out this week. And actually, at the time of listening, it will have already come out. So a little bit confusing, but uh, bear with us in case I slip up. But uh, by, uh, by the time this comes out, it will be available, the panoramic yeah. edition. So I, I'm going uh, you, to... Uh, you've told us a lot of facts about the game. I've poo-pooed it and... Well, not poo-pooed it. I've, I've said that I don't really like it or I don't really care for it. I'm, I think I'm ambivalent towards it, to be honest. I'm, I didn't have a viscerally negative... I didn't have a visceral negative response to it when I played it, but it was enough to make me go, meh. And I think that's a little bit worse than if I'd had a visceral Mm -hmm. negative response. Why do you like it? You've told us lots of facts. Why do you like it? What do you like about it? I really like how beautiful the game is. I'm going to use that word beautiful. I think it looks absolutely stunning. And that's one of the things that they they specifically designed going into it. But I'll pick that up in a few minutes because there's a couple of facts around that. I really like the music of it. It's I don't know if there's that much music, but I think it's quite minimal, but it's quite effective. But there's definitely sound effects. I remember the sound effects being used, again, really minimally, but they're, they're sort of used for like cues. So you might pull the switch and then there'll suddenly like be this soft rumbling in the distance and it signifies that something has happened somewhere else in the stage. I really like the puzzle elements that each individual stage is an individual puzzle box. And I like grafting my way through that to try and unlock and get either from the start of the level stage to the end of that stage and figure out what I need to do with the stage, how I need to manipulate it in order to get her there. Um, I really like the the MC Escher element of it. Like, are, There are some levels I can think of even now, um, having not played the game for a couple of years, where I, I would actually say wow to myself, like under my breath or something, mm. just just how these things unfold. There's one in particular where it's it starts off like like a toy box type thing, and it's got the six faces of the cube, and each one you go into it, and then it presents this little puzzle within it, and then you go back out, and then I think the face of the cube kind of opens up, that like say like a, a music box type thing, and then you journey to the next one, and then that one opens up as well, and bit by bit it opens the the cube up, and I just remember finding that absolutely stunning. Okay. How many levels are there are there actually in the game? So ten levels, each level made up of, of substage within that. So in total I don't know. But one of the things they but one of the things they did with the game is they wanted to make it so that players would play through the entirety of the game. So that when this game came out, it was kind of you know, twenty fourteen. This is when smartphone games were kind of on the rise, I guess, and maybe as part of their market research they'd found that people would, would play games for a bit on their smartphones and then just kind of abandon them part way through or whatever so Mm -hmm. one of the things they did was they tried to make it as sleek and streamlined as possible so that as many players as possible would complete the game in its entirety so that does mean that one of the criticisms that the game had was that some of the levels or indeed many of the levels are actually quite easy now i like that Mm. because i remember some of the levels being quite frustrating because uh, trying to figure out what I need to do but I stuck with it I kept going and there are other games that had that happen to me I probably would have given up I'll be quite honest because of that the ease of it of playing through 
the the average play time for the game is about 90 minutes obviously it can be less if you're familiar yeah. with them and can blast through yeah so i've mentioned one game already uh that that you could use almost sort of the same ideas, same words to describe, and that was Gree. And one of the things that Gree has in common, let me let me be clear, I don't think that they're exact. Um, it's an exact comparison because they have different uh, styles of gameplay, and they are. I think they're different genres, really. They are, in fact, they are different genres. But what Gree does do is parcel up its. Um, it compartmentalizes its gameplay, so it'll give you a new tool to use to do a section of the game, and then it will give you another new tool. And you might use the previous tool a little bit going forward, but by and large, you'll move on to the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. It's a little bit more challenging, and I think that you're right in saying about uh, the difficulty level on, on Monument Valley. Some people think it's too low. I would be in that camp. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that I, I didn't gel with it because I just wasn't feeling challenged. And when I'm playing puzzle games, the last thing I want is an easy time. You know, I don't want to be I don't want to be brain dead while I'm trying to challenge myself mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm not getting that challenge, that level of challenge, then I'm not necessarily. I, I think I'm predisposed to dislike it. Um, so Gree does Gree does the compartmentalization thing better. I think the challenge is low as far as I'm concerned, in in my opinion, as people say. And the overriding feeling that I have is that the game's too long. Oh, really? Even in 90 minutes? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a game called, uh, another game that I'm going to introduce into the conversation. There's a game called The Gardens Between that Hannah and I played over the course of an evening. I think it's probably about two hours, maybe three hours. I'm not, I'm not really certain but it was definitely an evening's worth of entertainment and they compare in terms of length they're both puzzle games with a platforming element and the gardens between never really felt like it was dragging monument valley dragged enough that i like i said i deleted it and yeah i i'm hoping what i'm what i'm really hoping that's that's the last criticism that i have of it really it feels a lot longer than it is so much so that when i remember it i feel like it was a drag um and i'm hoping that i was just in a certain mindset when i was playing it and that this evening we're gonna play it and i'm gonna find something totally different to what i remember and i'm gonna find something to enjoy about Mm. it i would agree with you that it looks nice it does. It does look nice. It's very well. It, the visual design in it is is very well executed. Uh, I can't remember how it sounds, but I can imagine how it sounds from the way it looks. Yeah, so, exactly. What I was about to say. Yeah, it sounds like how I it looks. I think that. Yeah, I think it says something about its its visual design uh, that you that you can say that. And and I, if it doesn't sound how I think it should sound, I will I will let people know in the second half. But I. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm I'm going into it with an open mind. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Conversely, I played this game during two points at which my mood was was really really high. So possibly I'm going into it. Oh, my memories of this are are tampered by by that. I, I played the first place game when it came out in late 2014. I played it for free because it was via a promotion 
on the Apps Gone Free app, which I have mentioned a few times on different episodes. If you have got an Apple product, I would highly recommend Apps Gone Free. Every single day, they'll release a series of apps that are sort of, you know, uh, highlights a series of apps, sorry, that, that are free for the day. And I check it every single day. And Monument Valley is one that was free for 24 hours at one point. So I downloaded it and had an absolute plus playing it. But I played it. I don't think it was that way after my daughter had been born. So my, mm. in terms of mood, my mood was kind of all over the place already. And also kind of what more towards the high side of it. And then also... But also mental demands. Exactly. Uh, you will want something extremely low. Completely. And so, you, yeah. Okay. So you were in a sweet spot for it and I was not necessarily in that sweet spot. Potentially. Yeah. And okay. Then, and then, that's an interesting and twist. And then equally... The last time I played it was, I've mentioned a, a lot of times, I'm aware on this podcast about playing games with my daughter, who I'm sort of, you know, getting her to be a gamer as well. I've been spending a lot of time. You kind of like her, don't you? You spend, I, I you spend quite like a bit of time bit. with yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And during the 2020 lockdown, I sort of, I thought about different games we could play and I decided to introduce her to Monument Valley. At the time, she was five and she absolutely took to it like a duck to water and was able to mm. complete the game. So going back to this idea of ease of gameplay, the fact that you've going to got a five-year-old being able to play through the whole game. Now, again, playing through it during the 2020 lockdown, I think it's sort of like April, May sort of time. Um, again, m- yep. mood all over the place at that point. There's a point to be made of what you've just said, though, and uh, and it's a point that's worth coming back to on occasion, and it's that it's completely fine that there is a nice, easygoing puzzle game that's available to the world because people like your daughter who are taking, or, or certainly at that point when she played it, were taking, was taking her first steps into gaming. It's perfect for them. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue different at all. I think that this kind of puzzle game is a perfect entryway for anybody really into gaming but if you've been doing it for a little while i think there is a danger uh that you you might be you might be a little bit like me and and not really gel with it but i i totally take your point as well that there are times in everyone's life mine included where just being able just having something nice yeah is enough that uh, and and something that can wash over you a little bit is enough and not even just enough needed necessary vital at times so it it could well be that you and i were hitting this at different points in our lives and we both needed different things which sounds maybe deeper than i thought we were going to end up going with uh, monument valley on an emotional level but yeah certainly if i if i think about the things that i was dealing with at that point they weren't the same things that you were dealing with and i was perhaps at a different precisely point on the spectrum yeah but it happens with everything like like films there's films that people rave about and i've watched them when my mood's not been a great place or like Mm. for example i often watch films well not often i sometimes watch films when i'm poorly and then like it's like i'm not really going to it in the right mind frame so example yeah springs for me is interstellar like everyone absolutely raves about interstellar i watched it when i had a tummy bug and was sat on the sofa not feeling great and I just wasn't engaged with the film at all. I found it really boring. And I, I yeah. feel like maybe I've shortchanged that film. I think that this might be a really nice... Or, or Sorry, I think this might be a really good coder for the entire series of this game where, <laughs> in so much as, we might, we might rave about a game and you might not gel with it, um, or we might hate a game and you might love it. 
I'm talking to the person listening now. It doesn't mean necessarily we're we're not we're not gods on high or anything like that, and we don't think of it in that way when we're talking about things. We know that there's an element of subjectivity mm-hmm. and actually temporal subjectivity. Like you, you just have to catch us on a bad day, maybe, and maybe we've slated a game where we've just both not been up for it and. If we revisited them, we might like them. There, of course, there are the the exceptions, like Little Nemo in Dreamworld or whatever it was, where Roll, I played rescue. it when I was a kid. Oh yeah, Rollo to the Rescue. There's another one. Played it as a kid, hated it. Played it as an adult, hated it. Don't think my opinion's going to change on either of those. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. Interesting that it's taken us 120 episodes nearly <laughs> to come to get to that point to to just address that particular elephant address the whole fact that the whole thing is is an artifice and uh it's all it's all a charade <laughs> um We're, we've put we've pulled the curtain wide open and you can see us behind it tweaking the levers <laughs> right uh, i'm going to do an awkward conversation tangent then did you know there's there's an actual monument valley as a place called monument valley i i did in utah oh, okay sorry i it, it is like a national monument well not monument national whatever is it it's in a national park I yeah believe. It's, it's it's in colorado lots of westerns were films there and it, it's very red dead redemption you've got the, the sand and the straggly grass and there was these buttes kind of sticking up out, out of the grass out of the, the sand um yeah but the game looks nothing like that but i just thought it was it looked quite pretty and it was a fact i didn't know clearly i'm in the minority when you so i i i don't know my um I don't I don't know minutia of of American geography and I've said Utah and I've said that in quite a posit- in quite a confident way and then you said Colorado well it's and Colorado I thought that those two Utah? places were two different things two different places are they I don't know are they I don't know you don't know either okay I'm going to check <laughs> oh dear Apologies to all the American listeners. We 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 don't know the state so good. I mean, I knew it well enough to know that the monument uh, that Monument Valley was in Utah, which is correct. Oh, so it's not in Colorado. Oh my god. Well, hang on. Monument Valley is a region of the Colorado Plateau. Yeah. Characterized by a cluster of sandstone butts, so. It is located on the Utah Arizona state line. Oh God! So I saw near the Four Corners area. Oh, is that where the, the states all intersect at right angles? I like that. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. The the state. Right. Utah and Colorado are next to each other. So it's the Colorado Plateau, but it's not actually it's it's within Colorado, but also three other states. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's a that's a little bit of a mess of geography. Yeah. Sort your geography out. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. The game is developed by a company called Us Two, which was set up by two childhood friends called Matt Miller and John Sinclair in London in November two thousand and four. And it's called Us Two because they've been friends since childhood, and they always refer to themselves as Us Two together. Well, that's very nice. I want to come. I want to jump off that and come back to the name Monument Valley. Okay. Because you told us why us two is called us two, why is it Monument Valley? Do they just like the name? Yes, I don't know actually. That's a good question. 
especially with it being named after a specific place, I a place that exists. I, I, I honestly don't know. And I wish oh, I I'm going to have that. to write to him. All right. Uh, the first game that us two made was called Whale Trail in 2011, and then this came out in 2014. Have you seen Whale Trail? Whale Trail sounds like when a whale has either A, diarrhea, or B, a very happy sexy time. Oh. Uh, that's the two things that came into my mind. That's really bright and breezy and colourful. And I'd not thought of this game for over a decade. Because when it came out, I remember there being quite a bit of a buzz around it. If you Google it... No, I don't remember do it, it at all. I'm Googling it now. Do Google search. You'll recognise it. And if you don't... Well, it's got a rainbow. Yeah. I don't, I don't recognise this at all. Really? How, why should I recognise this? I don't know. Why did I recognise it then? It must have been big. I don't know. I don't know why you recognised it. It must have been on my radar Have you somehow. played it with your daughter? It sort of, it looks like it skews towards that sort of generation. Definitely not. No. I just remember there being something about it. Maybe I read it article on Kotaku about it when it came out. But I think I found it. There is a, there is a Guardian article. About? There's a Guardian article about Whale Trail. Yeah. There we go. Came out in 2000. Uh, the the article was written in 2011, so I assume that that was when you were starting on your little like Guardian uh, binge. My Guardian inhalation, maybe. Like a, le- yeah. a lefty liberal like me. Development of the game took about 18 months, and the main designer of the game and the main artist of the game was a chap called Ken Wong. Now he wanted every single frame of the game to be seen as a piece of art and which is i think he succeeded i've talked about the game being being very very pretty now we have already encountered ken wong in a previous episode is ken wong um ken wong is florence he is yeah after the game yeah ken wong the is game the game came out ken wong's the the gate ken wong's after the game came out ken wong's the after monument valley came out ken wong left us two to set up his own studio that created Florence. Yeah. And then was a Batman. And the less said about him, the better is what I remember finding out. Well, if you want to find out any... Before the episode. If you want to find out any salacious bits of gossip, which we kind of alluded to but didn't actually spell out, uh, you can listen to... We covered Florence back in episode 48. Uh, you can find yeah. out more there if you're interested. Yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't looked into any of that since we recorded the episode on Florence, so I don't know how it all actually worked out. No, me but neither. the things that had been happening weren't weren't particularly nice. I I'm Yeah. That that's all I have to say yeah. right now. Uh the game currently has eighty nine on Metacritic and it won all the awards and it sold one million copies in the first three months and it had sold two point four million copies by January twenty fifteen. But it was a game that got stung quite considerably by piracy that lots of people were playing it because they were downloading illegal copies or hacks of the game. So the figures are to be taken with a bit of pinch of salt because while 2.4 million download uh, people might have downloaded it, were there actually more than that or was it that actually there were less than that? Uh, the, the company itself as to have said that they find it difficult to kind of actually keep track of it. Well, I would imagine that uh, the 2.4 million is the official number. I would imagine so, yeah. And then there were others on top of that that got it uh, for free yeah. in one way or another. They were given it away for free, though, through various uh, initiatives. One of them was Amazon Prime, which is how I got it. And, and then I said I got, got it, it through free, free for a day yeah. or whatever it was called. 
So those 2.4 million probably don't actually translate into full price sales. Completely. Um, but it's still a, a good number, hmm. still a healthy number. The, can't really complain about that. Right, I've got nothing else to say about the game. Uh, did you find anything else out geographically about Monument Valley? No, no, no. Was this? But I, I, did, I told you what Google, uh, what Wikipedia told me, and moved on. Right. I'm done with that. We we established what what where Monument Valley was. I think I it's meant, everywhere. I meant the fact that it was called Monument Valley. Like, was it? Has it got actually got anything to do with? Oh no, I wasn't looking okay. for that. I wasn't looking. Sorry. It's all right, nice apologize. No, I w- wasn't looking for that at all. Let's go play it. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's go, go play it. say the words monument valley what would you say would be a divining characteristic of monument valley the game or the place no the place or or just monument valley what's a defining characteristic of that uh levels what's a what's a valley oh valley sorry i'm with you now um it's where you've got a gap between some land yeah it's like a crevasse isn't it or, yeah. or, or a, I, I, I or risk, a crease in the land i really struggled to find the word valley then well, yeah know. i'm i you looked you looked extremely under pressure <laughs> now what i've what i found out is that monument valley is actually 1500 meters above sea level right and doesn't actually go down it goes up oh. so it, it's between 1500 meters and 1800 meters at elevation which is quite high it's quite high lofty monument valley the game now doesn't really reach any kind of lofty heights as far oh. as i'm concerned i was expecting to go i thought you you were aiming for the fact that it's this vast expanse of nothingness that's what i was i mean it is a vast expanse of nothingness and i think that there are comparisons to be drawn there as well but yeah it's um yeah it's not it's not it's not changed my mind. This is your second. I'm bite. sad to say. This is your second bite of the cherry, and y- you know it's not been changed. No, it's worse actually. I think. I think I feel worse about it than I did because I didn't give it enough time to really form a really solid evaluation and understand un- understanding and evaluation of the the whole thing. I've completed it today, and. I'm not impressed. It's and it's a very straight line that is jazzed up. It's a very it's a very polished straight line. That's what this game is. Yeah, I've I've sort of had the scales removed from my eyes a little bit. I still think it's a really really good game. Don't get me wrong. And there's a, there's a lot I like about it. But I think calling it a game or a puzzle game, like it's it's not like all, all you're doing is you are each scenario you're given with you're working out how to get princess ida your character get her from a to b get her from the south level to the end level pretty much always in a linear line or at least there's some deviations mm. from that line but ultimately you get back to that line and all it is is it's a it's a route 
you are figuring out yeah. the routes to get to, to to get through each level. Like they're not puzzles because there's no deviation from that. It is so prescribed. Yeah, you're a parent, which means that you're you'll be familiar with the learning toys that kids get, where there's like a thing to spin and a thing to shake and a thing to rub. Yeah, and it's sort of sens- sensorial, and uh, what's that? Where you can touch it, tactile, Ta- and tactile. Yeah, this game feels like that toy for adults because the the levels, the what they would term puzzles, all they really amount to is spinning knobs and pushing and pulling blocks. It's not, and and you can. There are very few places where I think you could actually get stuck. Because all you'd need to do is just look at, you know, move the thing that you're supposed to move in that moment, up, down, round, and you will see. You will see that is where it's supposed to be. It's not a puzzle. It's just, I don't even know. I don't even know what a good analogy would be. It's so simple. It's like having a key and knowing where the keyhole is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's it's as simple as that. You just you just manu- you just move. You just move the key into the keyhole. That's the game over and over again. Yeah, for for not very long because I said in the first half that this was 90 minutes after play testers and, and sort of on how long to beat etc. It says 90 minutes. Ash and I both finished it in well under an hour. Hmm. So yeah, the Short. how long to beat has got like a two hour or two, even maybe two and a half hour completionist time, which leads me to think that there must be some kind of new game plus or something like that. But the, there was I'll never some, know because I'm never playing it again. There was some DLC that released for the game called uh, Forgotten Shores, came out in November 2014, adding eight more levels. I got a little bit confused in the first half, just a bit of clarification there. There are ten levels, and each level consists of a series of I guess, p- puzzle rooms, escape rooms, scenarios, whatever you want to call them, and you just progress through them. So there are only 10 levels, and Forgotten Shores yeah. DLC adds another 8 to that. Then there was also another set of levels called Ida's Dream, which initially was called Ida's Red Dream because it was released free to play as a fundraiser for the AIDS charity Red. But, yeah. but it has been rebranded now as just Ida's Dream. It was Ida's Red Dream because it was all themed red. All the colours of all the levels were red, but it's now gone back to being blue and white, so it's it's been rebranded as well. Now, as it was free to play, I'm not quite sure how that was a fundraiser. I assume it was maybe like one of those where you could maybe donate some money as a recognition. I, I don't know. So maybe mm. the two and a half hours completion includes all that together in, in you know, as a, as a a whole consistent coherent game and the panoramic edition the version that's coming out on steam well the version that has come out on steam at the point to which this this episode comes out uh, packages all this together for seven pounds yep I, i'm gonna i'm gonna drop it in here since we've mentioned prices i don't think i'd recommend it to people i just don't think i'd recommend it there are so many better games or be- there are so many better puzzle games of all of all skill levels or challenge levels and as a toilet game as you mentioned last week with puzzle bubble as a toilet game i just think it it's probably too long actually in terms of like the bite-sizedness of it that each section is probably too long for a stay on the toilet 
Unless you're so, going to Fortum if you go for a really long visit. Yeah, kid, well, that would kids, be the whole... Kids bang at the door. Dad, Dad, come, come play. No, the house no. is on fire. Um, no, the, the, that would be the whole game. I'm thinking oh. if you chunk up each of those levels, so there are 10 levels and each one has cer- a certain number of chunks. The le- level 10, for instance, has four chunks, I'd say. I, I'd yes, chunk it but... out down to four. And if you were going to... Some of those chunks are far too... I should stop saying chunks when I'm talking about it being a toilet game. Yeah, that's all the question. I've just realised that. But um, some of those sections of levels, they're too long even for a, for a toilet break, for a toilet stay. So it do- doesn't even really fit very nicely there. It's not long enough for a train journey. No. I, I don't know I don't know what, what it's for. I don't know what this game's for. Now, uh, while we're on the negatives, I felt today I got the feeling that more than I ever have, I felt like like a, a monkey kind of like pouring at a at a, at a controller or something like like each level it was just like you know I'm tapping at it trying to figure out what that level that scenario wants me to do. Okay, I figured out what it wants me to do. How do I actually get her to do that? Okay, I tap mm. here. I'm, I rotate this thing around. I tap here. I rotate this next thing around. I've got through job done i i just i felt so it felt very mechanical yeah yeah i i agree i agree i just think that the i I think you've said you've used the the idea of being a a monkey i I assume you mean sort of like in in one of those experiments where they figure out that they're putting a box with a button and they have to figure out that pressing the button Gives five peanuts. times gets them peanuts or whatever. Yeah. Which is yeah. probably probably a chimp rather than a monkey if I'm being pedantic, which I could Well they, they they use uh, monkeys and chimpanzees and oh, okay. all kinds of, or, or or I mean all sorts of animals are, are used in that sort of uh scenario or have been in the past. I don't know whether I they probably are used still to be honest. And and I think what you're getting at there is that there's a level of aimlessness to to how you are engaging with it and and possibly also a level of um just the the engagement between you as a player and the developer it's it's a very uneven um relationship and it is in games anyway but oftentimes there's a lot more for the player to get their teeth around than is given in Monument Valley. What what I said to you actually when we were playing was that it feels like the developers have they they've been very self indulgent and and the whole thing's quite lavish in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But what they've forgotten to do is put a game into it. And I like some of the things that they've done. You you said about level eight, which is a puzzle box style level, where opening the top of the puzzle box from one side gives you one section of the level, opening it the other way gives you the other section of a, a, another section of the level, and then lifting the whole top off gives you another section of the level. Then it all unfurls into this grand uh, bazaar of of some kind, and <sighs> okay. It seems like a good concept for a level, but what that level boiled down to was you walking from A to B, not even having to put, not even having to put, not even having to solve a, any kind of puzzle. It was very straightforward walking along a path, and they might as well have put that path as a straight line. What they've done is dress up the yellow brick road. It, it's it it's got some turns in it. And that's as much as you get. 
But then interestingly, both of us got quite frustrated with level 10, which is the first level of the game, because that was less linear. Um, that was more trying to figure out where to put Ida in the correct place and line up all the different elements of the level in order to get her to the next bit. Now, that then felt to me, certainly, very aimless because I was just trying to figure out, right, what is it I need to do? How do I achieve that, as I've already said? And I mm. found it a lot more difficult to actually work out what I needed to do in order to achieve that. And that was the point at which I felt my enjoyment and interest in the game actually disappearing because I was actually having to think for myself a bit more. Mm. I um I you you've said that I was frustrated by that and I wasn't at all I found actually oh, I level project, ten projecting my apologies. yeah perhaps uh, it's okay I I found level ten actually um to be probably the most coherent part of the game and it worked quite well as a as a as a whole um but it was also just very straightforward there was one section in it wherein you were on a big orange shape and you twisted the shape clockwise or counterclockwise and it it did things to the path but the path again it, it suffered from the same problem that the puzzle box level did all you really needed to do is if you say start at 12 o'clock you shift it round you shift it round to two o'clock walk along the path shift it round to four o'clock walk along the path shift it round to five o'clock walk along the path and yeah. just keep going until you get to the center of this um this orange shape so even in that set even in that, that last part where everything felt a lot more coherent it wasn't really a puzzle it was just a twist this thing yeah move this thing so I think that the game showed itself at its best in level 10. There were parts where I felt frustrated and I thought, oh, maybe the challenge is hitting... uh, Maybe I'm hitting some level of challenge here. Um, And that was on the level The Descent. Was that level 9? 9, yeah. So that was on the, the... uh, the descent and there's a section of the game where uh, of that level where there's water and as you move down the level water drop the, the water level drops i mean that was it frustrating in and of itself because you had to wait for the water to drop there were there's a lot of downtime in this game given that it's 40 minutes long i i think a, an unreasonable chunk of the game is actually spent waiting for things to animate which is interesting and a very strange choice for such a short experience. Um, but in the descent, you get down to the bottom of of the level, and you're very nearly at the the end of the level. And the totem, which is this gold platform that's animate, um, you sort of see it poke out of the water. And I was puzzling over this level. <laughs> um, I was puzzling over this moment. For ages, I was getting myself to the to the place that I felt like I needed to be, and then I was going, "Well, I don't know where to go from here." And I voiced that to you, and you said, "Oh, you need to get the you need to get into that position, then move the totem." Mm-hmm. And I had because because this is because of the way this game treats mechanics, and because each section is too short to make an impression, I had forgotten how to use the totem. And we're talking about 20 minutes of, of game time between being introduced to the totem and using the totem, the totem for a first, short period. The totem first popped up in level 6. Level 6 was 
uh, was yeah. leveled that introduced that as a mechanic and then end level six dropped it didn't appear again in seven or eight and then reappears in nine so obviously very Once close for yeah. 10 for, for about three seconds yeah and and i'd forgotten i'd forgotten how to i'd forgotten that i was supposed to use the totem stand on top of the totem and move move it around i'd forgotten that that was the way it worked and I think there's there's a couple of things in there. I think that you don't get to spend enough time with each of the... I mean, it's a bit of a conundrum, a bit of an enigma anyway, because I think the game, even at 40 minutes, is possibly too long because I was getting bored and disengaged. Um, and I also think that you don't get to spend enough time with each of the mechanics to fully, or certainly the totem mechanic, to fully uh, to, to have it fully impress on you. Um so those things don't really tally up, but um, that is how I feel about it. Um, it's it it did. Uh, you said as well. It, it reached a point where you just I felt disengaged. I just felt like I don't. Re- I'm not invested enough or interested enough in this to want to carry on, and I really had to push myself. And that shouldn't be happening over the course of a forty minute. No. I, game. I, think, I think just with Link to the Totem as well, they were trying to do some elements of, of story building or plot with the Totem. I don't know if you kind of picked up on this. There's, at the end of the level, Ida leaves no. level six and it's kind of like this, this prison and, and she, in the in the sea or next to the sea. And she lands on this platform that then slowly moves away from the, this kind of prison castle area. And the, the totem kind of comes out and then chases her into the sea. And as the sea gets deeper and deeper, you can see the waves kind of lapping over the top of the totem. And Ida's kind of watching it. Some some nice kind of emotion within her as a character because she has no facial features whatsoever. And I got the sense that she was kind of kind of sort of longing for this totem or was willing it to sort of come after her. And then the waves sort of lapped over and then it disappeared. I, I felt that there was an element of plot there, an element of kind of characterization that they were trying to manipulate me in some way. But I don't think it worked because I didn't have any resonance with the totem. I hadn't had enough time with it. I didn't feel that that Ida and the totem had built enough relationship in order for that emotional no. investment to pay off. So it felt a little yeah. bit bit naff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I it all it all gone over my head, all of that. I think to ask for an emotional engagement with it feels a bit much. It feels a bit too much of an ask. It's just not a very engaging game in any on any on any level. But on that note as well, which maybe sort of address the the plot as well, in so much yeah. as, as as there is. So there there is a plot to the game, and it's I said in the first half that you're given these kind of nuggets of of storytelling, literally from a character called the storyteller who delivers all the exposition in the game. And the ending occurred. I didn't really understand what happened. I think you had the same reaction. I, yeah, I, I think I did. And I also didn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. There were, gen, genuinely, I just, I, I was like, well, something's happening here. They're, yeah. they're, the crows have changed colour. Okay. Yeah. So I went on a, a, a fan wiki for the game and had to read the plot out. And genuinely the plot for me having played through this game or three times now over the last uh, eight years or so um i haven't picked up on any of these plot elements the, the story at no. all and the storyteller the the sort of crumbs that she gave you was, was so 
abstract and vague that I don't feel that it was possible to kind of extract that story from what she gave you. No. Uh, so it, it turns no, and nor, it, nor should it have been left to her. That's the thing. It shouldn't have been left to a character that you that appears once in each level for a, a fraction of time. Um, there wasn't enough effort to tell the story in the environment or through character. I don't know if they did any of that, to be honest. Um, but there was this exposition with this ghostly lady character and it was clunky and purposefully mysterious anyway. I think we just spoil in some ways because we've played games that do these things so well. Certainly recently, Hollow Knight is one game that has mystery and style and um, tells its story in some really finely detailed um, and, and deeply nuanced ways without having to say a word. And to see, to see such what I would regard as a masterclass in storytelling in there, and then to to play this even within a few years of having played Hollow Knight, it feels very unfair to Monument Valley, to be honest, because there's just not no way to to um to compare. The other one that I think I, I was thinking about this while I was playing, I think one of the things that that did it down for me when I first played it, um when well it would have been 2014 or 15 was was that i played fez already and fez manipulates space manipulates 2d and slash 3d space in in similar but not the same ways and tells a story that is enigmatic in similar but not the same ways and does it with so much a plum so much um so much mastery that Monument Valley coming on its heels, it, it just was it, it was it was bound to fall short, and it's playing it now. It's only playing it now that I realise just how far behind actually it was some of its contemporaries. But maybe that's unfair because it was it was operating in an environment, a, a primarily mobile environment, yeah. whereas yeah. Fez was a fully fledged. Um, console release and there was a lot more distinction between the two at the time and I've the just, expectations I've just thought of another kind of touch point in terms of that, that plot and the, the, the ghostly Yoda type character appearing and giving you the story elements uh, The mm. Last Campfire was a game I played over, mm. over the winter this year Hello and, Games um, It was absolutely tremendous and that, that was a lot longer but the, the plot in that, there was, I can't remember what happened. And again, go back to what we talked about in the first half. I was playing as well as I had COVID and had had a breathe mm. in, the, in the family. So I may, maybe not in the, the mm. sort of correct mental state, maybe playing it. But there's something happened in the game that genuinely made me cry because it was just, it was the, the way yeah. the, the plot affected me. Whereas with, with this, I just didn't get that at all. I just, I, no, I, well, like I said, to have completed the game, not understood what was going on or what, what had happened. Yeah. It's a very played... strange way to come out of it. I played Gree um, recently. When, when when were you playing Gree? Because I think Gris we played was it at another, a similar was another time. lockdown game. Yeah, so I, I must have been playing it around that time. Gree made me cry. And I it came out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it to hit me as hard as it did. Yeah. And that game does so much with so little exposition. It's phenomenal. Uh, and it just... 
it puts into perspective what is what is missing or what isn't mm. going quite right with Monument Valley. But having said all that, I'll... are you going to move on to positives? Because I need to drop one very quick last one. I was going to, but if you wanted to do one more, then right, okay. go for it. I said that I could hear what the game sounds like based on what it looks like. And I was right, I could. But unfortunately for me, it was the wrong end of the spectrum of what that what the possibilities could have been. It was it was ambient music with twangy, harp-like, and possibly other stringed instruments um, chiming in at various points. But it, it it's, at times it sounded a little bit cacophonous to me, and the ambient music or the ambient soundscape wasn't enough to just wasn't enough to carry me through. I didn't really enjoy the sound at all. So there you go. That that's that is probably one of the last things that I want to say. I'm hoping you're gonna say some positive things that I can sort of agree with as well though. So music, I I like the minimalism of the music. I didn't feel it was obtrusive. I thought it was really it complemented what's going on in the game really nice. But I do concede there were some elements where I was traipsing around the level trying to figure out what the developers were asking of me and these kind of discords and plucking of a, a lyre or a harp or whatever it was it just it got a bit like all right you know i, I, I kind of concentrate on what i'm supposed to be doing now but i still liked it uh, with the sound side of it as well i thought the use of sound to convey what was going on was done really effectively there were these sort of like rumbles or clicks when you did something that, that showed you what was going on it was almost like some levels almost felt like clockwork or something you'd sort of you've just done the right thing in order to unlock something else to be able to progress through we've already talked about the eighth level which is called the box i recommend having a look at youtube at that level because i do think it's absolutely stunning the way it un- unravels like this actual puzzle box uh, with all the kind of the minute details that would be required for that to actually happen i think just looks amazing I think the game, I said the word beautiful in the first half. I still think it looks really nice. I think um, the word I've just done here is elegant. I just think it looks absolutely stunning. The the, the use of colour, the style, Princess Ida herself, I think it is great. I find it, even though we said that it is very linear, I still find it satisfying when I get through an area. Like, right, I've understood what they want me to do. I've actually achieved that. I find that sort of quick endorphin rush, I suppose, is, is, is quite nice and um i'm not gonna use the word zen because we talked about zen last week and i still don't think i really understand the i don't word think zen it means. is zen i th- no i, I, I don't i, I, I don't, don't think, think this game even... is zen i think it's it, i find mm. it quite soothing quite, quite quite relaxing the whole thing the the gameplay trying to figure out what they want to do the sounds all come together i find it quite soothing uh, an experience there you go that's one of my positives yeah i didn't find it soothing i found it annoying what, why do they expect so little of me is how I kept being made to feel. It's like indignant. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about what I said about games being made for different people in the first half and how actually it's okay for for this game to exist because it might well be a, a nice entryway for people. But I still think that there are so many better entry paths for, for young'uns that want to get into games. In the, in the indie space, in the puzzle space, in the this looks nice space, 
they there are just so many other options and I don't know why you'd land here in any situation. I don't know why anyone would land here except by accident. I've never played the sequel. There's a sequel to this, Monument Valley 2. They're actually making a Monument Valley 3, which I'm sure you were going to tell us. I was. But Mon- Monument Valley 2, what does it do different, or does it just do more of the same? Or does it refine and make better what it offered here? Monument Valley 2 is apparently, from reading the plots of this game, uh, is apparently a prequel, which, again, I don't think I ever picked up having played through it. In Monument Valley 2, you play as Ida as a younger character and her mother, so there's two characters, and the gameplay revolves, if I remember correctly, I think they're split up quite early on in the game, and you sort of switch between the two of them, and then towards the end, they're then brought on together, so you, you have stages where you might control the mother character to go in, in the top right corner she has to go and stand on a switch that will enable something to happen in the bottom left corner friday to get through to then it's all that sort right. of stuff it's yes you know, that's very kind of puzzle game 101 really uh but it's just really more of the same but iterating on it having that those two characters and world world building i suppose within that that came out mid to late 2017 i also got money valley 2 for free at some point as well during a uh an apps gone free offer or it's sort of bring, being brought to my attention but both Monument Valley 1 and Monument Valley 2 are both on Apple Arcade so if anyone's listening that has got Apple Arcade they're available as the, the plus versions that includes all the DLC for each of them for well they're not for free because obviously you pay for Apple Arcade but you know that kind of uh, in, in, yeah included in the price yeah and just before I move kind of off off this game itself um, it is available for £3 on the Google Play Store and £3.49 on iOS if you did want to to have a go mm. um so kind of a- after the fact what happened afterwards uh, the game was featured and this came up rather recently as well i can't remember which game it was but this game also appeared in house of cards the developers were approached by netflix to create a special level of the game that the kevin spacey character could play and they, they, they did that because they thought it would get them some more exposure and there was a a brief sales increase after the episode first became available on Netflix. Uh, apparently, the characters, Princess Ida and a few others, became available as characters in Crossy Road, which seems Yippee. like a very strange crossover, a pun mm. not intended. Um, us two looked to port this game when it came out because of how successful it had been on phones, but they really struggled to port it due to the fact you have to play it in portrait. So PlayStation Vita, for example, came up as been something that they, they looked into and just couldn't because of the, the way the screen works. So that, mm. that's one of the reasons, of, I imagine probably the main reason why this game came out on phones what, the best part of eight years ago and then hasn't released anything until PC uh, this week. Yeah, but the, this PC edition is the panoramic edition, which means that they are widening... They've obviously done something. I don't know what. Well, they've yeah. made it widescreen. Yeah, exactly. So they spent the last eight years okay. going, going, oh. going oh, oh, yeah, we, we can't do it because of the portrait orientation. And yeah. Suddenly, and then suddenly, oh, yeah, we figured it out. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, we, we bought a new television, everybody. We bought one of them new high-def TVs, and it came. It was a rectangle, not a square. But that I mean that didn't even follow, does it? Because no. phones aren't square. But yeah, I don't really understand what the issue 
was, seeing as they've cracked it suddenly for release this week. Oh, hang on, we can put some stuff on either side. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, us two have since Money Value Two, they released not a, us two, not us two, not not us two, not the, the game me. company us two, no. uh, released Assemble with Care in 2019 and Alba in 2020, which I have played both of those recently, and I think they are both incredible. Alba especially is amazing. Ash is pulling a face. I haven't played Assemble with Care, but Alba is on my list, and I really, really want to play it. So. You should because it's really, really good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little girl who lovely. interacts with the wildlife on her island. Yeah, it's it's just so, take photographs. Or, yeah, it's just yeah, I, it's so nice, it's so sweet and innocent, and it got yeah. a really strong environmental message to it as well. It, it's it's great. But you go around taking taking photographs of the animals, so it goes into that that Pokemon Snap thing that you really enjoy. So we yeah, had I'd, I'd highly yeah. highly recommend Alba. Um, us two. Since the game came out, have not, now rebranded. Not us two. No, not, not us you two. And me. Us two. Us two. The well, I was going to say us two. The company, but they're not us two. The company. They're now called. You're going to hate this. They're called us two Fampany, because it's a portmanteau of the words family and company. Because they want all their employees to feel included, so they're called the us two Fampany. As long as it makes them laugh. Yeah, I, I could. I could feel my toes physically curling while while saying that. And yeah. uh, the last point, uh, <laughs> which I, I wasn't aware of this, a live action slash CGI hybrid film was announced of Monument Valley in August 2018. It's going to be a film where live action actors explore the CG game setting. Uh, it's going to be directed by uh, the guy, I didn't draw his name down, my apologies, uh, who directed the short cartoon Feast, which is on YouTube. It's, it's an amazing short cartoon about a little dog. Um, I think it was on before um, maybe Moana, maybe, maybe sort of around that sort of time, you know, how Disney and Pixar do those little cartoons before the, the mm-hmm. main ones. It was, it was, and Feast is, is absolutely brilliant. So, you know, he, he did that, which was great. Uh, the idea of the film um, fills me with something. Trepidation, anxiety, apprehension. Yeah, it, it sounds it's 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 an, an unusual idea. Sometimes the best ideas. Well, yeah. Ah, oh. I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Amazing film. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, and going on a slight tangent, have you watched Chip and Dale on Disney Plus? The new the new film. I haven't because not Disney Plus, but I know. Well, I've, I've on all accounts, it is incredible. It's very fun, very yeah. very fun, and probably more fun for you or me than it is for the young'uns. But we we started watching it again at the weekend to introduce it to one of our um, young people in our family, and he was absolutely wrapped. But we had to then turn it off, so I felt a bit mean. But... <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Uh, just 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 an aside. You mentioned Roger Rabbit, and it's got a lot of got a lot of the same DNA. Great. Yeah. Right. There you go. Monument Valley. Done. Mm. We'll, we'll do Monument Valley 2 at some point, actually, so you can look forward to, to that popping up. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for bringing this game. Thank you if you are still here listening to us. You might be one of those people that fancies giving us a like, share, rate, or review on your, on the respective platforms. All the things that podcasts ask you to do. If you could do those for us, that would be ace. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, 
the other one, Instagram. Right, uh, they're all ones that are available to you. You've done well to get here, so give yourself a pat on the back. Back next week with a game from me. Bye. Bye. Bye.